0: Communion, it's in remembrance of the body and the blood, and I'm actually I'm going to talk about this at the end of the message today, but from Hebrews 12, the blood of Jesus speaks a better testimony than the blood of Abel, and what I love about that is that I, don't, I think that we may spend an eternity trying to understand what the blood of Jesus really means to you and I. It wasn't, it's not just a normal man on the cross who shed his blood for us to have eternal life. This is, this is the creator of the universe come into the flesh, willingly dying and taking our place as a ransom for sin and taking that blood to heaven and sprinkling it in front of the mercy seat so that we could forever have access to heaven and fellowship with God. And bread always speaks of the body, the life of Christ. In fact, Bethlehem literally means the house of bread from the Old Testament. Bethlehem, the house of bread. The concept of bread and wine is first introduced in Genesis 14, verse 18 with Melchizedek. So if you remember Abraham, he wins the war with the 10 kings and then Abraham brings tithes, but Melchizedek the king and the priest of Salem, of Jerusalem, he brings bread and wine to fellowship with Abraham. And that's the first place in the Bible that it's introduced. And the typology, there's something when you're studying the Bible that you always need to remember. It's the law of first dimension. So where one, a concept, the first place it shows up is always critical in the Bible because it sets the stage for what that means for the whole rest of the biblical narrative. And there you have a king priest, Melchizedek, showing up and delivering the bread and wine. And it's a type, it's a foreshadow of our king Jesus showing up with the bread and the wine for us when he went to the cross. And it's in Genesis 14, verse 18. So remember, he was a king and a priest to God from Salem. And you and I today are the only other body besides Melchizedek and Jesus. He was a king and a priest. And now us, the church, according to 2 Peter 3, we are a royal priesthood to God. So we are the only other body of believers ever in history that have that title. And it's a privilege. You and I have that privilege to be a king and a priest before our God. Okay, bread and wine again is with Joseph in Genesis 40. So remember while Joseph is in prison and the baker had a dream about the bread and he was hung on a tree so he had the bread, he was hung on the tree, and, and then his body, Jesus' broken body, on the cross, that's the same concept, the bread being tied to the body. And so there you have in Genesis 40, the butler had the dream about a vine with three shoots off of it, and he was restored to be next to Pharaoh. So in that typology, in that foreshadowing, the body must be destroyed so the blood could be given. And when the blood was given, you and I can then be restored next to the king, which is the father, Jesus. We get to be restored next to him, okay, because of the blood. <clears throat> this concept of the blood being our source of healing is also prevalent throughout the entire Bible. You know, by his stripes, you are healed. It's not just because Jesus was beaten, it's because of his blood that was given by that beating that you are healed. And you get to cover your life, you get to cover your children, you get to cover your household. Your entire eternity is covered by that blood once and for all, never to be shed again, because it alone is perfect and is what can save you. It is your source of healing. Isaiah 53, verse 12 says, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He bore our sin. Isaiah 1, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And that's exactly what happens because of what Jesus did. You know, in Hebrews 9, verses 7 through 14, Hebrews 9 is all about Jesus as our high priest. He serves right now as our high priest. But in the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. while well, as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. Now, if you remember we were saying Hebrews, The high priest when he would do all these sacrifices he had to do them over and over and over again because that blood was imperfect it was a foreshadowing of the perfect blood of christ which once and for all cleansed that as pertaining to the conscience which stood only in meats and drinks and diverse washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation but christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood and bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And that's what his blood does. His blood purges unrighteousness out of your life. In Hebrews 10, starting in verse 1, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshipers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again, made of sins every year. The point is because they had to do them over and over, they were constantly bringing that sin to remembrance and having to deal with it in an imperfect way. Whereas Jesus, because of his blood and his perfect sacrifice, he not only forgives your sin, but he forgets it. And he casts it as far away as the east is from the west. Which, if you study it, it's an immeasurable distance. Because you can go east forever around the globe, constantly. You can go west forever around the globe. So there's no stopping. If you go north, you get to a point, you stop, and you go south again. The same with going south. You get to a point and on the bottom of the South Pole, then you go north again. But east and west, God uses that very specifically because it's immeasurable. In Isaiah 53, verses four through six, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto unrighteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now before we take the Lord's Supper, this is not something to be done lightly. It's not, you don't do this just half-heartedly. We're gonna spend just a few seconds and get, and get in a posture of worship before God, but look at 1 Corinthians eleven, twenty-six 26 through 29. For often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. You know, when, when they were taking the Passover in the upper room, remember there was four cups of the Passover. And Jesus stopped at the third cup and he said, I will not drink again of this until the the fruit of the vine until we be gathered together in the kingdom. See, we do this in remembrance until he comes and we are with him. And And then there's a cup of wine waiting to be had by our savior that we all get to sit at a table together and watch him enjoy and partake with him until he comes but let every man, let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. To discern the Lord's body, it's to recognize that he was crucified, the veil in the temple was torn, and it was a call to an open house. See, remember when he was... When he was on the cross in the Holy of Holies, only the high priest could go in once a year on the day of atonement. And when he was on the cross and he said, to Telestai, it is finished. Remember that veil was torn from the top to the bottom. Now the way it's constructed, that veil was probably very, very thick, probably, probably about 18 to 24 inches thick of material. And it just ripped in half from top to bottom because of the power of Jesus. And what he said was open house. You, everyone can come in. The day of atonement has been completed and satisfied. Come into fellowship now with me. So you have access instantly to the God who created the entire universe. The entire universe, that is amazing. You know, if you have anything in your life that you've been withholding from the Lord, I would just encourage you right now. We're going to pray for a little bit and just yield that to him. Give that to Jesus because he wants to set you free. He came to set the captives free, to set at bound those to set at liberty those that were bound, to open the prison doors for those that were in prison. And there is nothing too big for Jesus nothing. And he knows, that's the other thing you have to keep in mind, Jesus knows. You don't have to think that, well, I've got to get him caught up on my past, or well, I've got to to fill him in. He knows. The Lord knows. You can just take it to him. He knows the whole situation. If you need healing in your life, if you need provision, we're going to pray that over you right now. We're going to pray against Any assignments of the occult on the church in our lives as a family. Satan hates the family. So we're going to pray over the family. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 25 says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. Eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Lord, we come before you right now, and as God, as we prepare to take this bread, we thank you that we do this in remembrance of you. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed. God, that you have set us free for all eternity to walk according to your statutes and commandments, your judgments. God, right now, we cancel any assignment from the enemy on the lives of your people. We cancel any occultic activity in this city, in this nation. God, we pray and plead the blood of Jesus, which speaks a better testimony over our land over this church, over these families and their children and grandchildren. We pray that, Lord, if there is anything right now that someone is holding back, that they would yield it and lay it down in the throne room of the universe to you. Because Jesus, you are strong and mighty to save and you alone can take it. And so, God, we pray that you would lift those burdens off your people and that, God, you would speak to us in a clear way. And we thank you for this bread, the bread of life. Jesus, as you declared in John, I am the bread of life. So, Lord, we take this in remembrance of you, and we love you, Jesus. And we give our lives to you, Lord. Remember in Luke, when Jesus was walking with the men and they they didn't know He was until the breaking of bread, and then their eyes were opened. You know, Lord, we do pray that those would would know You, and that our ears would be in tune to You, and our eyes would see You in that that we just did. And Lord, as we take this cup, we pray that. Lord, we, again, we thank you for the blood. By your stripes, we are healed. We thank you that it is once and for all, that it is final. God, we thank you that your blood speaks a better testimony than Abel. God, we thank you that we get to sit with you for the Lord's Supper at the marriage supper of the Lamb as you take that last Passover cup we celebrate in your kingdom in the future. God, it's so hopeful. I pray that you would give us strength to continue to walk out your will in our lives during these days. Lord, as we approach the end times, as we approach the latter days in the church age, from Revelation 3, God, give us the strength to stand for you. And we thank you again for this cup, Lord. God, I pray healing over everyone here. I pray that you'd stretch your hands out over this city and this church. God, I pray that you would be with us in the rest of this service. Protect the children. Pour your word into them. God, protect our schools. God, as we approach this week, Lord, and the satanic and demonic activity ramps up this time of year, as they all point to their holiday, God, we pray that you would step in the midst of it and let a light shine as a beacon in Oklahoma City and in this nation, that, Lord, we would not let fear enter our lives, that we would not let demonic activities have a foothold in our lives or the lives of our children. God, we pray that you would close those doors. Jesus, as you declared in Revelation 3, that any door you shut, no man can open. And we pray that they would remain shut. And that in the, in the, on Tuesday, Lord, on Tuesday night, we pray that your light would go forth, that the frequencies of heaven would shout praises to the king. Let us not be focused on death and destruction, but on life everlasting. And we love you and we thank you for this time together, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.